Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Calling us from the St. Louis, Missouri area, we have Jen Satterley on the phone from the All Secure Foundation. Uh, Jen's husband, Tom Satterley, was on the show just a few weeks ago. Tom is retired United States Army Delta Force. Uh, he was in the Battle of Mogadishu, uh, made famous in the film Black Hawk Down. Uh, and he's been in many other skirmishes during his career. And he mentioned Jen in the interview. And some of the things they do is like, got to get her on the show. Jen, thanks for coming on. It's very much appreciated. Hey, thank you so much, Jay. Really appreciate you having me on. I'm very impressed with All Secure Foundation that you and Tom uh, basically started. Tell us what that is, what you do. Absolutely. Um, and thank you for having Tom on as well. And we really appreciate it. So All Secure Foundation really was formed out of necessity, out of what Tom and I were going through as a couple. So Tom served, like you said, 25 years. 20 of those were in Delta Force, and he had done thousands of missions in his career, which led to, as you might be able to guess, a complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, And so, you know, when Tom was first diagnosed, we didn't really know he had PTSD, which sounds a little bit odd for someone who was involved in the kind of battles and campaigns that he was involved in, but it just isn't talked about, and it just isn't really well known, or, you know, resources are scarce. So we started All Secure Foundation to kind of answer that question of, what is this, what am I dealing with, and how do I get to the other side of it? That's the most important part of it, is getting to the other side and, and rebuilding your life. And and I know it sounds corny to say this, but to start picking and choosing the kind of life you want to have. Absolutely. It's so critical because so many people think, hey, I'm in this really, really long, dark tunnel, and I can't even see the light at the end of it. Um, it's there. It might be a pin drop at some time, but the light's there. You just got to keep walking through that tunnel. You got to keep taking baby steps. Sometimes you go backwards, sometimes it's forward, but there are a lot of choices in that tunnel that you need to make. Yeah, and, and none of them are easy. That's a, a, I'm no. going to speak from my own experience. It's not easy, but it's well worth it. And it's it's a much better lifestyle for the person and their family as well. Uh, speaking of family, uh, before we get into this conversation, where can people get more information about All Secure Foundation and what you offer? AllSecureFoundation.org. So that's our website. We are also on all of the platforms, social media platforms, as All Secure Foundation. And I went to your website, I did a little peeking. Uh, one of the things I'm most impressed about is you, you have a therapist that's involved in this as well, and you have couples retreats uh, for primarily spe- special operators uh, from the United States military, but also, I believe, first responders as well. Yes, we are expanding our mission. We actually do a lot of work with law enforcement right now. In fact, um, we're flying down to Florida and then up to Minnesota and across over to Utah to work with different law enforcement agencies. 
currently our programs for our warrior retreats uh, right now are for the special operations community. That has to do with the size of our organization and um, the the funding that we need to hold these. So we are going to expand, but currently Tom and I go and we talk and we work and we bring tools and programs to anyone who wants to get to the other side of it. If you want to help out, best thing to do is just go to their website, allsecurefoundation.org. Uh, also, check them out on social media as well. And there's a donate button right on the website. You can make a donation uh, and, and help improve the lives. So many people, and I'm not by any means an expert, uh, and I don't make the show about me and my experiences. It's more about the guests. There are a significant number of military veterans, uh, law enforcement officers, and uh, other first responders, including our dispatchers, that are negatively impacted by post-traumatic stress. And one of the things, so we're talking estimates of 30%. I think that's a low number. I think it's higher. I agree. And the numbers are really tough to get an accurate picture as well. For instance, people will often say 22 veterans uh, commit suicide daily in this country. So I started researching where did that number come from? How did it come about? It came from a VA study from 2014. So I asked the VA, can I see that study? Of course. Um, you know, it's public. I look at it and it's only a survey of 21 states. So California and Texas are let out, left out. Those are massive veteran states. So I'd love to be able to say I have an accurate picture, but I, I tend to agree with you, Jay. I think it's probably higher than 30%. And as a result of this, and when I say the post-traumatic stress, I, I, first of all, I cannot stand the term disorder. I believe the appropriate way of looking at this is treating as uh, a mental injury, an injury of the brain, uh, like you would an orthopedic injury. No one bats an eye if you have to have shoulder surgery, and then after the surgery, you have months and months and months of physical therapy, and then there's exercises you have to do at home by yourself, and then you have to learn to do things a little bit differently because your shoulder's not the same as it was before the, the injury. Yet, with our brain, and people are exposed to constant trauma and violence we tend to think it's a different beast that's true and you know i love that you brought this up because part of the conversation that tom and i are having right now is how do we rename this because labels are important and you know we we do a lot of work in the special operations community nobody wants that label nobody wants to have ptsd or a disorder and i absolutely get it i understand it so Part of what we're doing is actually looking at what Canada is doing, and they have changed PTSD to occupational stress injury. I think that does fit better. Yeah, I believe it does. And it also, and I'm not letting people off the hook here, the, the people that are afflicted with this, uh, it's their responsibility to do things you're supposed to do to get better. It's a choice. You said that earlier. It's a choice. It's not an easy choice, but the, the options are suffer and everybody else close to you suffers too, or you do the work and you start getting a better life. That's it. I mean, and it truly is. I mean, even for Tom, he had to look at really closely company he was keeping and, you know, the friends that some of these guys he served in Somalia with, you know, Black Hawk Down incident, and they will forever be his brothers. But there's some guys in there that he's like, I, I can't be around them anymore because it's toxic and, yeah. and we do toxic stuff together. So that's a tough choice, removing friends that are like brothers. But, you know, there are anchors and there's sales. Well, here's the thing. We're coming to the point, and 
look, the people I had as very close friends as a teenager, um, most of them I, I communicate with periodically on social media, but we don't see each other. We go in different directions. And what I needed from them back then, I don't need today. And again, this is about picking and choosing the kind of life that you want to have. When we return, we're going to talk more about Jen's story, how she got involved in an All Skier Foundation, and it's a tremendous story. One of the things I think is most powerful about this is building the life that they want. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. There's only one official Facebook page. What you do, you do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Click like and follow. There you'll find updates about upcoming episodes of the radio show. You can contact me. We also find unique, one-of-a-kind editorials and news articles. That is our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Be sure to click like and follow. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. One of the most frequent questions we see is, where can I find great podcasts? Do you have any suggestions? Yes, we do. So we decided to start our own podcast network on Law Enforcement Today. That's right. You can find top podcasts about law enforcement on our website and our free app. Go to letradioshow.com, click the Be Heard tab, and there you'll find the LET Podcast Network. We'll be adding more podcasts from first responders and more. Again, to find the Law Enforcement Today Podcast Network, go to letradioshow.com and click on the Be Heard in our menu or download our free app today at letradioshow.com. Return conversation with Jen Satterley. Jen is one of the co-founders of the All Secure Foundation. Go online to allsecurefoundation.org. Her husband, Tom Satterley, was a guest on the show earlier. I do not want to make this show about Tom, although... Man, that was an awesome show he did in a great interview. Uh, and I was so excited to to meet and talk with you as well. Part of the reason I find you so fascinating and your story so fascinating, Jen, is that you didn't go into this. You weren't a police. You weren't a firefighter. You weren't in the military. What background did you come from? I came from advertising. <laughs> so if you could like swing the pendulum any further... Uh, to the other side, I was in the creative arts. I spent my life, college, um, and then my career. I owned a film and photography studio when I met Tom, and I was hired to come on and start filming special operations, realistic military training exercises. So the super big exercises where they would occupy a part of town, helicopters, vehicles, you know, we would travel across sometimes three or four states in six days. Um, And so I would embed with SEALs, Green Berets, and Army Rangers anywhere from six days to 30 days. That must have been a big change for you. Yeah, just a little bit. It was culture shock for sure. So I I don't say this in a way to to, to belittle you. You came from a college background, which is great. And you were in, is it safe to say, part of the industry, the advertising industry, who doesn't generally look at law enforcement and military in a positive way. Agreed. Yeah, and it, it's they're the first ones that, that cast negative judgments, and they know the least about it. And that's enough of my soapbox. So you got, you got thrown in the deep end, basically, with this uh, filming and doing photo shoots of their training exercises. 
I did. And, you know, I think you're right. In fact, when I met Tom, the funny thing is they were walking me down the hallway to meet him. And at this time, I was working with St. Louis Cardinals. I was doing work with Jack Daniels, Miller Brewing Company, and I was doing a lot in sports marketing. So that's why they brought me in, because I was used to filming action. So I'm walking down this hallway, and they're like, hey, you're going to meet one of the guys from Black Hawk Down. I'm like, oh, I've never seen that. And, of course, that's the first stop and stare. (laughs) And I'm like, sorry, I'll, you know, add that to my list. And um, then they said, well, you know, he's kind of like a Delta Force legend. And I said, is that like a seal? I don't, I don't know what that is. And they're like, okay, let's just stop in the hallway for a minute <laughs> here. Stop before you dig yourself in a really deep yes. hole. Before you say something even, you know, more <laughs> stupid, let's just, let's just pause for a minute, Jen. And like, you know, and, and the funny thing is Tom is so humble that when I met him, I was like, this guy, this is the guy. I expected this like big personality and this big ego. And he's actually very quiet. He's kind of introverted. And so he was definitely different than what I expected. But the whole military was different than what I expected, because you're right. And what is said and what is portrayed in in movies often and and what we're told is very different than the reality. And so, yeah, it was it was culture shock. It was um, a totally different experience. But talk about opening my eyes and heart. I'm so grateful for it. Tom is uh, does come across as a very humble, quiet guy. And there, there's a rule of thumb I have. And my wife knows, I'll say this periodically, especially when it comes to social media. Whether it be, and I, I come from a police background, so that's what I know. The ones who talk the biggest game, who are the loudest and the most boisterous, usually didn't do anything. And usually were not in the action. The ones who are in the action are usually very quiet. They don't want to talk about it, number one. They want to get beyond it, but they've proven what they need to prove. That's so true. And in fact, I love this. Tom would say on these um, exercises, and he said, you know, I used to say this before, too, when I was in service. He said I had this young group of rangers, and, you know, Delta would work with the rangers a lot. And he said, hey, who wants to go out on a firefight today? Who wants to go out and get in it? And so, you know, half the room raised their hand, and he said, whoever didn't raise your hand, get up and follow me. Because he's like, I don't want somebody that's looking to die today. You know, he's like, I've been in a lot of firefights. Bullets go both ways. It's not fun. Tom and I talked. You said earlier that you didn't watch the movie Black Hawk Down. And I've watched it, I think, twice. And, And it was interesting to get his perspective about it because... And he said, look, I was in certain parts of it. My team was in certain parts of it. I didn't see the whole picture. But we did talk. That One of the things is I have a difficult time watching movies, if they're realistic, that have a lot of violence. And I also have a really difficult time watching uh, like body cam and dash cam videos of police and all that stuff involved in violence. I can't do it. It sets me off, um, and I choose not to. It's It's become a really important part of his awareness. So when I met Tom, he was fully engaged in stuff. I mean, like, watch this footage, watch this, watch that. And then he would get so fired up and angry, you know, that I'm like, what are you doing? You're triggering yourself and your triggers are triggering your triggers. Like, (laughs) let's just step back here. And um, it's true. Now he's really cautious with what he gives his attention to. And he knows his limits. He knows if he's going to watch a body cam footage, um, you know, and, and something tragic happens, that's going to set him off. So he, he avoids those things now. In fact, this last October, we tried to watch Black Hawk Down, I think, 
we were maybe 40 minutes into it and I just kind of looked at him like, what are we doing here? Let's just turn this off. And he's like, yeah. So it is important to know where your limits are and there's it's the strength to know and to be aware about it and, and to do something about it. You hit on something very important. Uh, and I, this, I believe, applies to, to all couples that um, it doesn't matter what background they come from. Th- this is my opinion. If a, someone in that relationship has been adversely affected by post-traumatic stress or whatever terms you came up, which I think are phenomenal, that they have limits and limitations and they need to be aware of them and the other half of the equation should be aware. doesn't mean they have to change their life, just means maybe you can't do the same things together all the time. Absolutely. That's the, it's exactly right. Awareness is 80% of this. You can't change what you don't know you need to change. Um, and, and that was the case for Tom and a lot of in a lot of what he was experiencing, he didn't even know he was doing it. It becomes so normalized to him and the group that he was surrounding himself with. Well, there's the old jokes about the testosterone uh, and being surrounded by it. I, I can see your point. Uh, I took my wife to some police reunions when we were back in Maryland, and uh, she got to meet a lot of the, the men and women I worked with, and we went through some really, really bad stuff. And the vast majority of the time, we didn't talk about that. We didn't have conversations about that. A couple people wanted to, and it's the funny thing is, maybe we've all gotten older, maybe we've all gotten smarter, but we all kind of like shied away from them and said, look, uh, I I didn't have to say this, but I don't want to go there. We went there. We spent many years there. I don't need to go back there. That's smart, right? I mean, you know where you're at. You're comfortable in that space and I think the uncomfortableness or that insecurity of like what are my tribe members you know we all have our tribes we all have our groups whatever they are how are they going to judge me am I going to be judged am I going to be seen as weak um, because I don't want to go there and the fact is actually you're stronger for it we're going to take a short break we're talking with Jen Satterley from the All Secure Foundation we love bringing you the Law Enforcement Today show people say I can't get it on a station near me Never fear. You can listen to the show as a podcast for free. Just go to letradioshow.com, click the Be Heard tab, you'll find us there. Or do a Google search for a Law Enforcement Today podcast. Be sure to subscribe today. Remember, it's free. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. The place to be online is our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. You'll get access to unique news articles, editorials, and so much more. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. Returning conversation with Jen Satterley, calling us from the St. Louis, Missouri area. From the All Secure Foundation, her and her husband, Tom Satterley, uh, have co-founded this. Uh, Tom is a retired United States Army Delta Force. I think it's a sergeant major. Or ma- I, I can't keep track of the ranks, and I don't want to demote the guy. He was um, one part of the ground forces in the Battle of Mogadishu, which is made famous in Black Hawk Down. And he was a guest on the show not that long ago. Uh, one of the things that Jen, he said in a conversation was, you know, he was in his mind, he was fine as long as he was busy and training and wasn't having a lot of time to think. And then there came a day where he was not busy, and he said in a matter of moments, he went from being okay to wanting to end it all. And he had just left you and some other people, and he said, 
he got a text message from you. Were you aware at that moment that Tom was not doing well? I was, and I did not know that he was obviously suicidal, and at that moment, sitting in a parking garage with a gun in his lap, um, had I known that, obviously, the story would be a little bit different. But I did notice that he was off, um, particularly on the ride home, um, where Tom can be pretty quiet and introverted. Two of his best friends and I are all in the car. We're coming back from an exercise, and that's the time when Tom can be kind of chatty and funny, and we're kind of replaying the day and who did what. And this day, he was dead quiet. Just It was a 40-minute drive. Tom didn't say a word. Um, I'm in the back seat with one of his best friends, and um, he's kind of cutting it up with him. And I'm like, gosh, he seems really different. This isn't typical Tom. And then when we arrived at the parking garage, Tom's like, hey, I'm going to uh, make a phone call. <laughs> you know, something, you know. Then I'm like, what? why is he making a phone call in a parking garage? Like, we're all going into our hotel rooms he has privacy there so that doesn't make sense to me and just the way because his pattern had changed right so he was it was typical for Tom to walk us all in and we all went to our rooms and we all met back up in the lobby for dinner so just the fact that his something was different his behavior was different um, what he typically did was different so I just had that feeling in my stomach we all have intuition I'd encourage people to use it and not be afraid to use it that little thing inside my stomach was just like, hmm, something doesn't seem right here. So at that time, Tom and I had already become really good friends. I started texting him, hey, we're going to meet down in the lobby sooner. No response. Hey, do you need anything? No response. Tom was very responsive. He is very, very responsive. He doesn't let anything sit. So again, that was kind of the third warning was that he wasn't answering me back. So about another minute and a half, I got real nervous. (laughs) I started calling him. He wasn't answering his phone. So, luckily, within another minute, I get a text. I'm on my way. I'll see you guys down in the lobby. But just, you have to pay attention to people. And when you do, and you get that little bit of something doesn't seem right, don't be afraid to ask something wrong. Is there anything you need? Or even just a lot of people are like, hey, I don't know how to talk to a veteran or a law enforcement officer. What do I do? Or how do I approach them? I'm like, they're people. You're like... You know, talk to them like you would talk to anyone. You don't have to come right out immediately and say, hey, do you need help? Or do you have the PTSD? You know, you don't need to approach it that way. You just approach them like they're people and humans. And and really, just that point of contact, just that, hey, how's it going? That's a lifesaver. We have seen it countless, countless times at All Secure Foundation. So many people will call and say, I got a text from a buddy. It saved my life. I got a call from my buddy. It saved my life over and over again the thing about this is it can be so awkward and so uncomfortable in people's minds and when i say people i'm talking about other military people i'm talking about what the field i know which is law enforcement where yeah hey i i was worried something was wrong or and i didn't do anything or the other one is i didn't see any signs that there was something wrong if we know someone and we have conversations we shouldn't be afraid to turn around and say, look, I'm going to step on your toes a little bit. And if you're okay, you'll just say, hey, I'm okay. I appreciate it. And you might even get angry at me for saying, are you all right? But that's got to be okay. I would love if that just became part of the manual, right? Like if we can just check on each other, we're saving each other. And you're right. It's hard. It's not easy to pick up the phone 
it's kind of awkward. And, and when Tom started doing it, even the other day, he goes, I need to call my five today and text my five because he always reaches out to five random people, whether it's a friend from Mogadishu or somebody he started with later in life or somebody he's met through the foundation. And there's days where he's like, oh, I got to reach back to one of my really old friends. Like, oof, this feels weird. You know, this is awkward. And I'm like, I know it does, but bye, you know, go in the other room, do it. And he always comes back in the best mood every time because they've reconnected, you know, that awkwardness is over. And now, you know, there's friends he hasn't talked to in 15 years just by just doing that, that he talks to and, you know, is reacquainted with now. So I think that's such an important part of this, that, that again, when we're talking about this, we're not just talking about military combat veterans. We're not just talking about police. We're not just talking about firefighters, corrections officers, dispatchers, EM, the EMTs, our brothers and sisters that do that. I don't know how they do it. They, they are on hot calls all day, every day. They get no break from it. Um, so having that connection with someone else, even as to have, I jokingly say this, I'll talk to people about fishing or football, or something else, I'm not going to come across and tell you, hey, look, I'm having morbid thoughts, or I'm having flashbacks, or I'm having this. I'm not going to tell you that, but I'll talk about music, and when I connect with someone, even if it's not about the topic, I somehow feel like I'm more a part of. Absolutely, and you know what? That is, so many times Tom will call somebody, and because because of what we do, people are like, I'm fine. Like, why are you calling yeah, me? Don't like, call don't me. Have... Listen, if Jen or Tom Saturday call my cell phone right now, I ain't answering it. Just going to voicemail because it's likely going to have a conversation I don't want to have. Yes. Yes. We've kind of gotten that now. And so <laughs> we'll call people and they're like, hey, I'm all right. I'm like, no, no. Seeing <laughs> what you're doing for the weekend or <laughs> how the kids are doing, you know, but it doesn't have to be this big thing it could be are you watching the super bowl you know or you know what works so well with tom too is he goes first right so they'll have the small talk and then he'll say you know hey i know mogadishu's coming up and it kind of kicks some stuff up for me and i've been feeling a lot of anxiety have you been going through that too and you would be surprised how much other people will open up when you go first i think a big part of this too is and i you know what jen I don't want to give away this part of your story. We'll talk when we come back. Um, Jen started working with Tom and the group. Then they became friends, and then they got involved in a relationship. She'll go into details about that later. But a big part of this is, you know, our mental health workers, uh, the, the clinicians, the, the doctors, the, the therapists, uh, the group therapists, all those people, uh, they do a great job. But so many of them have no idea about what these people have gone through and they tend to wind up asking questions and they ask questions in a way and i don't mean this to be negative back to college gen where it's early advertising and you don't understand and you look down on something has has that been something that you and tom have experienced Uh, yes absolutely i mean that is something that really over time it takes time, right, to gain perspective and to move from judgment to curiosity. And that has been one of my greatest lessons with Tom is to move from a place of judgment to a place of curiosity. And it's changed my life having that approach and, and to gain better understanding. We we're talking with Jen Satterley. Uh, she's half of the uh, All Secure Foundation. Her and Tom Satterley 
have put this together, get more details about what they do, what they offer at allsecurefoundation.org. By the way, donations are always welcome. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. When we return, we're going to talk more about their mission, her mission, and how she got into it. If you haven't done so already, please download our app. It's 100% free. We got versions for your Android and iPhone devices, 100% free. You can download them today at our website, which is letradioshow.com. That's letradioshow.com. Be sure to get yours today. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All too often, we find ourselves getting asked, Where can I find other great podcasts? Do you have any suggestions? Because of this, we decided to create our own network of podcasts here on Law Enforcement Today. You can access top podcasts about law enforcement on our website and free app. Head to letradioshow.com, click the Be Heard tab, and there you will find our network link where we will continue to add podcasts from first responders and more. Remember, that's letradioshow.com to find out more information about law enforcement today, our podcast network, and to download our free app, letradioshow.com. Return a conversation with Jen Satterley from the All Secure Foundation on the Law Enforcement Today Show. Uh, Jen is, is basically, a lot of people may not know her. A lot of people may not understand what All Secure Foundation does, but when you start doing the research like I have, and there's not a lot out there in a, in a chest pounding, look at me kind of way that some people love to do on social media. Jen and her husband, Tom, are superstars in the helping people get better. The, the, the special operators from the United States military, first responders, uh, they've gone through a lot of trauma. These folks dedicate their life to helping them and their spouses and families have better lives, which I think is phenomenal. You've, you keep them in the picture. You have to keep them in the picture. They're a huge part of the equation. And so often we see, you know, really all secure foundations. So I, I had been working in special operations for about three years. And during this time, I said, um, really, it came from some of the guys weren't coming back. And I'm a huge empath. And I, I remember one day I told Tom, I said, I'm not cut out for this. Um, it was a third iteration that we had had with a specific SEAL team. So I had spent equivalent to months with them. And when they came back, I had asked where two of the guys were. And they said they were killed in action overseas on their last rotation. And so I told Tom, I said, listen, I'm not cut out for this. He goes, nobody's cut out for this. And I'll never forget that. Because, you know, people will look at Tom and they'll look at these special operators and they'll look up to them like, you know, there's these heroes with tapes, but they're human beings. And human beings hurt. They hurt through loss. They hurt through pain and grief. They, it's biological, right? And, and to deny that um, was part of Tom's big problem. But I just... I knew I wasn't cut out for it. I wanted to bring help people on the home front. And when I saw that the families were suffering just as much, and then I truly saw zero help for them, or at least on my radar, zero help from them. I said, this is not an American soldier issue. This is a humanitarian issue because we have women, children who are also suffering, suffering greatly. They're also committing suicide at sometimes twice the level of their civilian counterparts. So we know we can't just step in and, excuse me, and help 
our, our military and our combat warriors and our first responders, we have to help everyone who is involved in that trauma. My hat's off to you because that's absolutely right. And from my limited knowledge, back in the Vietnam days, and I'm considerably older than Tom and Jen, uh, but one of the first things that be- began to draw red flags that there was an issue going on with our, our combat veterans was the amount of domestic disturbances and uh, and arguing and substance abuse and all that stuff going on in the households and the marriages were breaking up. And that quite often for, for many of the first responders, the military, whoever it might be, when the family dissolves, that's the last thing they have. And quite often what follows that is, is suicide and ending it all. And it's a, it's a huge problem for the entire first responder and military community and their families. Oh, it's huge. And I don't think, you know what shocked me, Jay, was that when I started working um, and started really pushing this on forward and spent an entire year doing research, um, talking to different people in the community, I started talking to all of these active duty and law enforcement wives. Um, some that had been married for 25, 30 years. I started talking to them about complex post-traumatic stress. I started talking to them about secondary post-traumatic stress, and they had no clue what I was talking about. And I'm thinking, how were you in this marriage, in this in this world, for 25 years and not know? Um, I kept thinking, hey, I'm a veteran spouse. I, I came from this world over here, so I just don't know. But the fact of the matter was, and, and it holds true today, is that it's just not talked about. It's not widely discussed. Um, there's, it's taboo. There's, you know, a stigma attached to it. But, you know, really, you have to help heal the entire unit because if you don't, the, the chance of relapse is higher. And the numbers that we've been given um, is 89% of veterans are committing suicide after a family incident. So we know that alcohol um, 90% under the influence of alcohol, 89% after a family disturbance. So when we talk to the guys about, hey, you know, when when you come home and when you need to heal and you need to do the work, if you don't, look at what you're bringing to the household and, and look at how it can affect your family. So we're talking to young guys, 22, 24 years old. We want to start having this conversation now. I think it's perfect that they do. I think it's great that you do. I think it's great that the military is doing that now. Uh, when I was a youngster, they didn't. And throughout my police career, we didn't. Um, we now have things called critical incident debriefings and all those things that we didn't have in the 80s and early 90s. And I think that our police departments have gotten really good at dealing with those, the big deals, the big incidents. It's a daily grind that they're not addressing. Um, and when I say that, I'm not just referring solely to police. That's just my experience. And for that, the term you use, complex post-traumatic stress, when someone goes 20 years in career and they're constantly being exposed to this sort of stuff, you can't help but change. You can't help but be emotionally scarred up. How could you be? It's biological. And that's what we're trying to help people understand is, listen, it's not your fault. It's nothing to be embarrassed about or ashamed about any more than a broken arm or broken leg. It is part, it's an injury that happens biologically based on the brain and the mind and the heart just can't take that much, can't see that much without it being affected. So it creates all of these mechanisms for protection. 
So this goes back to our caveman days. We can't fight it. We can't willpower it away. We can't say it'll just go away on its own. You have to deal with the injury just as much as you would deal with a broken arm. You're not going to say it'll just go away. You're going to go get it fixed with a doctor. You're going to go to physical therapy like you talked about. Same thing here. You see bad stuff every day for 20 years. Of course, it's going to impact you. And it's about time that people start accepting that. And uh, without getting into great detail, when I stopped trying to fight that I had these, and I hate answering yes to people's stereotypes, so I don't. When I stopped trying to fight that I shouldn't be where I'm at and going through what I'm going through and learn to accept this is a natural occurrence as a result of all that I've been through, the impact started to decrease a little bit. Didn't go away, but it started to make things just a little bit more manageable. And that's a great point. I think people look at Tom and they say, how how is his PTS gone or how did he get rid of it? Tom will always have some part of him that is attached to what he experienced overseas. Again, biologically, mentally, physically, spiritually, he's doing all the work he needs to do. Doesn't mean he's not going to have a bad day or a bad week. And by the way, you're doing a lot of this work too. You, you don't get a free ride in this. If It's not like someone comes into a relationship and says, hey, I'm going to marry this person. They got, they're, they're a military combat veteran. They're police. They're retired, whatever it be. And they've got all these issues from their service. You're going to have to deal with that too. Yes, you will. <laughs> Absolutely. And in fact, I was the one that was driving Tom to his appointments early on, especially when he didn't want to go. Like, all right, CSM, get in the car. You know, you have your therapy or you have your meditation or you have this. And, you know, he was so good about really, truly exploring and trying new things much more than I thought he would be. It was a good two years. He was pretty resistant. And then once he realized, I don't want to live this way anymore. If I keep living this way, I'm a dead man. So really his survival instincts kicked in and he's like okay i'll do yoga okay i'll do meditation but i'm not wearing a tutu i'm not doing ballet and by the way my (laughs) wife my wife would just not even ask me to do hot yoga i'm not doing it i'm serious i'm open-minded about a lot of things but not that before we run out of time i do want to make sure we give people information about all secure foundation where people get more information what they can do to help and if they need help what you offer Yes, absolutely. Please go to allsecurefoundation.org and go to our website. We're building it out as we speak um, to include more resources. We're going to have everything on there from TED Talks and podcasts to the work that Tom and I do. Um, In fact, we're starting a podcast next month called Homefront, um, where we bring in and interview people from all walks of life, anything from marriage experts to stepkid experts, so that we really can help rebuild the home front. Um, so come to allsecurefoundation.org. You hit the contact button. Guess what? It goes right to me. I read every single bit of correspondence from there. I might give it to one of our uh, volunteers or Tom, but every single person gets addressed. We have an incredible therapist, Stacy Stone, who specializes in trauma. So she comes in and helps out. She does our retreats and our seminars with us. So there's a lot of ways to get involved. There's a lot of ways to get help. And um, we've got some exciting programs online that are launching this year as well. Give more details at allsecurefoundation.org. Jen, thanks so much for being a guest on the show, and thanks for all you do. 
Thank you so much, Jay. The place to be online is our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. You'll get access to unique news articles, editorials, and so much more. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today Show. We've got another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.